when you think things are rolling along pretty well, you know, be prepared for something to take a right turn. But know that you are up to the challenge. You know that you have a strength and a resiliency to deal with it when it comes along. And, and I think that's the message that I try to provide to my kids and, and, the, and the other kids who I meet around the country. Um, you know, not that not that you're perfect, not that things are going to uh, just roll along smoothly all the time and, and, and there isn't going to be challenge because there is. But you are up to it, and you can you can deal with it. And and there's plenty of strength and resiliency within each of us to 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 respond and to continue to move forward. Welcome to Ballers with Babies. I'm Mark Willard. Today we know so much about what athletes and sports personalities do, but not so much about who they are, what makes them tick, what's life like the moment the stadiums and TV cameras go dark. Most go home to their families. We want to know what that after-hours experience is like. Ballers with Babies explores their upbringing, their home life, how it's affected by their high-profile job, and how that high-profile job is affected by the home life. On Ballers with Babies, we talk to some of the most interesting names in sports and find out how they're even more interesting than we realized. And don't worry, diehard fan, we'll get to the important sports questions as well. This is your favorite people like you've never heard them before. I hope you enjoy. Our legendary baseball pitcher, Jim Abbott, joining the Ballers with Babies podcast, college baseball Hall of Famer, owner of a big league no-hitter, legendary pitcher as we all know. But I want to know this, Jim. Is it true that you were a batting practice home run hitter? I I know at least one teammate who said you were. (laughs) I was. I, um, you know, I was playing for the New York Yankees. We were on a backfield, and uh, Ron Guidry, uh, Louisiana Lightning, was throwing batting practice, and uh, I connected on a couple, hit it over the fence, and, and just just so happened Mariano, Mariano Rivera was watching. He was a young kid in Yankees camp at that point, and uh, uh, the legend grew from there, and I'm not going to say if it's accurate or not. I'm just going to let it sit out there for people to, <laughs> to think about. <laughs> I mean, how's that even possible? I mean, if you think about what you did as a pitcher – uh, to me, uh, hitting would be even harder, right? Well, it, hitting all I know about hitting is that it was hard. Uh, but I, I, I took big pride in my hitting when I was in high school. I fancied myself as a, as a pretty good hitter. I actually did pretty well, but uh, the curveball uh, took me down at most <laughs> points when I started moving up the ladder a little bit. But uh, uh, it was fun. you know. It was. I had a couple at-bats in the big leagues when I played for the Brewers. I got a couple base hits and um, – there's a real feeling of participation that comes along with hitting, you know, when you have the DH and you're pitching, um, you know, there's something pretty cool about being able to get up there and, and, and do something positively on the offensive side of the ball. I uh, love it. Great stuff. All right. Let's, let's uh, learn a little bit more about, you know, who you spend uh, your days with over the last 20 some odd, even more years. Give me the, uh, the current names and ages of your immediate family. Well, I have two daughters, um, one of 21 years old, soon to be 21, and uh, goes to school at uh, the University of Michigan. Imagine that. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> I have a younger daughter who's four years younger, and she's a junior in high school here in uh, Corona Del Mar, California, water polo player. Love it. And b- by the way, is one of them named Ella? Because I have an Ella, too. Yes, Ella's my youngest, and Maddie is our oldest. Okay, Maddie is is twenty, going on twenty one, and Ella's going on to. By the way, so uh, my Ella's only eight years old. Is that whole like early teen daughter thing? Is is, is that as hard as everybody says it is? <laughs> 
well, I'm the only guy in the house, so I sometimes I am the most unreasonable, and I, I'm always wrong. I don't know. I don't get it. I feel like you know I go everywhere, other places in my life, and people seem to, you know, hold my opinion to some account, but not here at the house. I'm always, I'm always always on the outside looking in. So uh, hang on to your hat, Mark. The storm is coming. Oh man, I I I I know, I know, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I I still remember. Uh, it, you know, it's funny because I have two boys too. Our oldest is a boy, and uh, when uh, when my only daughter got to uh, kindergarten, I uh, I came home. She was doing like afternoon kindergarten, and I came home one day, and we had like ten minutes until it was time to take her to go to school, and she was still in her PJs, and uh, and I looked, I said, just you know, go go get dressed, and, and and we'll go. And she goes into a room and opens up a drawer, and uh, you know, oh, daddy, I have nothing to wear, and I'm like, well, just you know, like a guy. Just right. grab, just grab whatever's on top there. The next thing you know, this was this was twenty minutes and tears and yeah. and just a and I went wow. So the daughter thing is that's different than having sons. It is very different. It's very <laughs> different. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. My daughters have been uh, absolute blessing. I think as as most dads would say. And and uh, you know the truth of the matter is, is is I get to be the good cop around here. My wife is a is a wonderful mother and does a great job of sort of keeping the the ship running straight so uh having girls sometimes allows you to sort of take the back seat and just be good cop and and, and not get in the way too much <laughs> i now this is I, i'm sure not a rational thought but i wonder if you had it like when you were when you're about to have kids did you in some way worry uh that that you know they would be something short of of full physical health i did you know i i worried um you know it's funny i think we all agree that um you know a little adversity in 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 difficult times can cannot always be a bad thing it may you know may be something that provides uh, uh blessings and lessons and things and yet when it comes to our own kids we we want to protect them I, I think from some of those from some of those difficult times and and I thought about that uh definitely before we had our kids obviously I was born missing my right hand and and um I wondered if maybe there was something genetic there if uh, looked into it a little bit, but ultimately, you know, had a real great talk with my wife and, and decided that, you know, we wanted to have children and in whatever, uh, shape or form that they may come in, it was something that, that we wanted to do and we wanted to have a family and we were committed to that. So, um, once, you know, I was, once I kind of had that discussion with my wife and we made that commitment, uh, there was no looking back. What, now the girls were uh, softball players, right? What what kind of uh, sports dad were you? <laughs> yeah, both of my girls played softball when they were younger, um, and and moved on. I think it was the poor coaching that they received, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, they decided to do other things. But um, yeah, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed spending time with them. You know, and, and it just I, I my oldest daughter is a volleyball player now, and and uh, at Michigan and. Um, my youngest daughter is a water polo player and, and, uh, I just, you know, I love the lessons that, that sports provide. And, uh, you know, I love being part of a team and I love, you know, dealing with di disappointment and, and victory and humility and, and, and all of those things that go along with, with, with sports. So, uh, it, it's always been a big part of our household. It's been a big part of my interaction with my children, and and something that allows me to to point things out in life that uh you know my dad pointed out to me growing up and and I think it's just incredible 
and I love the fact that that there's so much opportunity for girls in, in sports and especially here in Southern California there's no shortage of pursuits that they can you know really find a self identity and 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 find out you know figure out who they want to be and what kind of people they want to be I I mean just knowing uh, the kind of person you are a little bit I I'm sort of guessing you did a good job of of staying calm as a a sports parent. I know that we all observe uh, a lot of the opposite when when we you know we have kids coming up through through youth sports like what what did you observe do we do we by and large do a good job of that what what would you say to the girls when they got into the car after a game <laughs> Well I just tried to point out you know I remember my own dad talking about humility and and sportsmanship and and those kinds of things and um you know, I, I think sports is just such a fabulous proving ground. It allows it allows us to go through very real emotion and, and very real disappointment and, and and very real joy. And and I just tried to when those moments came along, bring attention to them and 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 bring attention to how we react to difficulty or how we react to a loss, how we react to a disappointing performance or or the, an end of a season, you know, because those it, the the proving ground you know that sports provides allows us to maybe build up that strength a little bit for when uh, real life tough issues come along. You know, you you have a little bit of foundation to fall back on. So uh, I did my best to uh, try to point those things out and and strengthen their foundation in, 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 that, in those regards. I hope I did a decent job of it and continue to try to do that. But, uh, um, you know, I, I was very blessed. I had a great dad who did a fantastic job of that. And if I can do half the job he did, then uh, I'd be very lucky. Uh, you have the two girls, as we're discussing. I wonder sometimes, though, do you feel like uh, in, in some small way uh, you've got a lot more kids in that you, for many years, and, and and still are in many ways, you're like the role model for any kid with a physical challenge who wants to get into sports. And, and I know that many of them across the country have gotten in touch uh, over the years I'm, in, in some way. Uh, do you follow some of, I, I imagine it's difficult, but I mean, do you follow those stories along in some sort of a way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's been a big part of my life. And, and, um, you know, I, I it was Mark growing up, it, you know, having one hand wasn't something that I always liked all that much. You know, it was something <laughs> that I, um, I had a, you know, back and forth relationship with it. You know, there were times when, you know, I felt very insecure and, and very on the outside looking in. Um, sports helped me to find my way, helped me to feel involved and, and to join in, uh, to find friends and teammates and participate and, and, and really became a very, very big part of how I thought of myself. So, um, as I've grown older, really, and sort of separated from my career, uh, I've began to really, I don't, I don't want to want to say embrace, but fully appreciate how much that meant to me. And a lot of that coming to terms has to do with how many kids, you know, that I've met over the years, you know, the letters, the cards, the emails, the tweets, uh, that I receive, um, you know, it's just so gratifying and it, it just really, it, it's so humbling when you read about, uh, you know, a kid who was born after my career ended, you know, and is playing baseball in Tennessee or a girl who's playing softball in North Carolina or a young man who's playing football 
uh, in Florida, you know, and, and, and they talk about watching YouTube videos of, of my play with their parents and, and the inspiration that they found in that. And, um, you know, that that's something that really, it, it, I feel great about it personally. I also feel great about the fact that so many people encouraged me when I was growing up and that somehow that positivity has been passed along. And if I could be a conduit for that, uh, I would you know, it's a, that's a big part of my life and something I'm very proud of. So you're, you're, I mean, you're still getting a lot of messages. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, the internet is, is, is great in that way. You know, I'm, I'm very accessible, uh, you know, have a website and, and I do some speaking now around the country and, 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 um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I'm at my desk right now, and in the top two right drawers, I have envelopes and pictures and cards, and and, and I reply uh, is, you know, as best I can to each and every request that comes through, and 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 try to provide encouragement, just, uh, you know, try to share experiences, and and um, it's it's been really really uh, an incredibly positive part of my post baseball life. Can you liken the experiences that, that, that you had uh, to anything that you did have to then teach your daughters? You know, I mean, I, they didn't have the same limitations, but uh, in what way did your experience kind of uh, shape the parent you, you became? How, you know, was there a situation where that came up and, and, and you used that as a lesson for them? Uh, anything like that? Well, I think my experiences... Um shaped you know my world view so I, I yeah absolutely I, I feel as though i think the greatest thing that i learned from my parents and then from what i you know growing up missing a right hand and playing baseball and, and growing up in flint michigan which i think was a formative part of who i am it was a tough town you know and, and there's a um you know a a, a real you know, toughness to, to trying to find your own way and, and having to prove yourself. So, um, you know, all those things kind of went into how I thought about myself and, um, and what I try to pass down to my kids is, is, is the lessons that I took from my playing days, um, which had a little bit of good and bad, um, was not that things are always going to be perfect. You know, that, that things are not, it's not going to be a clean slate. You know, there's going to be challenge. There's going to be, when you think things are rolling along pretty well, you know, be prepared for something to take a right turn, but know that you are up to the challenge. You know that you have a strength and a resiliency to deal with it when it comes along. And, and I think that's the message that I try to provide to my kids and, and, and the other kids who I meet around the country. Um, you know, not that, not that you're perfect, not that things are going to, uh, just roll along smoothly all the time and, and, and there isn't going to be challenge because there is, but you are up to it and you can, you can deal with it. And, and there's plenty of strength and resiliency within each of us to, to, to respond and to continue to move forward. Jim, you can play baseball and, and you know, you've learned to, you, you've talked a lot about learning when you were a kid, how to tie your shoe. I mean, I imagine if you can do these things uh, without a hand, I imagine you get used to thinking, listen, I'm, I, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to say I can't do it. But, but what can't you do? Do you ever use it, by the way, around the house with the family or anything? You're like, hey, <laughs> you, hey uh, no, I'm not going to yeah. cook or whatever. I've only got one hand, you know? 
No, no. <laughs> that wouldn't get me very far. It didn't get me very far with my parents, and it wouldn't get me very far with my wife. But uh, um, no, I, you know, I really don't haven't come across too many things that I that I can't do, you know. Um and there are, I tell you there are things that I have thought maybe would be difficult for me to do, maybe musical instrument or other yep. things. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've run across a, a young girl or a young boy with a similar circumstance as me and they're doing the things that I didn't think I could do. So <laughs> there's no excuses in this world, you know, where there's a will, there's a way and, and uh even if you have to do things a little bit differently, usually there's a way to get things done. Continuing with Jim Abbott on the Ballers with Babies podcast. Uh Jim, uh, as we kind of look at how your sports life blended with uh you know you becoming a, a husband and a father um, this is something I ask of every guest. T- toughest parenting moment. What was it for you? Wow. Um, you know, sending, sending our oldest daughter off to college was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in Southern California, and I was so happy for her. She, you know, I went to the University of Michigan, and she went back and took a visit to Ann Arbor and loved it and made up her mind immediately that that's what she wanted to do. And, and uh, fortunately, she did well enough in school to be able to make that happen and, and had an opportunity to play on the volleyball team, and which was such a blessing and so many exciting, just incredibly positive things. And yet uh, dropping her off and watching her walk into that dormitory and, and, and us getting in the rent car to fly 3,000 miles home was um, – was really difficult. was 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 really hard. Uh, it just in terms of, you know, momentousness. It was so bittersweet. Um, um, the other little day to day things I think are are tough. You know, I think seeing mm-hmm. your kids struggle. I think seeing the pressure that kids face day in and day out, academically and athletically, and peer pressure and technology. Um, you know, there's quiet moments that I think as parents are very very tough. You know, just just watching your kids walk out the door and head out into a new day and, and you want to protect them. You want things to go well, but, um, you can't, you know, they're going to, they're going to live their life and you have to let them go and do that. And, and, um, so I don't know, you know, we've been very fortunate and very blessed in our family life, but I definitely know, uh, am an appreciative of the poignant little moments when you see them have to find their own way in the world and, and, and you have to step back. Jim, if the, if I'm correct on the timing, um, you know, you, it was toward the end of your professional baseball career that, that your daughters were born. So like, take, take us back to, to that time in your career, your big league ball player that has its own uh, pressures, the fishbowl that you're in. You've also got the responsibility, the added pressure, you know, as we've talked about being this icon for all of those with disabilities. And then you add in a family. How did the priorities all stack up for you at that time? Well, priority, you know, was always family, you know, always, you know, my, my family's happiness. And my oldest daughter was very young when I was coming, approaching the end of my career. And, and, uh, it was a difficult time to be honest, because I, I wasn't pitching, um, all that well. And, and, you know, I was facing, you know, real momentous decisions of whether or not my career was going to go on. I was bouncing around a little bit from team to team. Um, 
I, I was released by the Angels, which was as difficult a moment as I ever had professionally. And, and I came home to my wife was pregnant at the time, and, and my youngest was or oldest was born that winter. And and so it was such a swirl of emotions, you know. In, in this professional disappointment came this, you know, utter blessing. And um, you know, it really helped me to sort of step back and 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 reprioritize you know, who I wanted to be and what was important to me and, and all of this baseball stuff that had for so long been such a big part of how I thought about myself um, was secondary. And, you know, and it, and it, it to keep wallowing in that professional misery um, <laughs> while you have this, you know, little baby at home and, and it, it really it really brings things home. And, you know, you just can't be that selfish anymore <laughs> you know you have to you have to see the world in a broader way and and um so yeah i went through all those feelings i never played all that much longer after you know having a having our oldest i, I was retired of soon, pretty soon after that but um i did want my kids to see me play and and unfortunately uh now they only really hear stories about it but um you know, it, it's something that I'm proud of, and we can relate to each other, even though they they weren't there to witness personally. Do, do you show them the highlights, though? No, I don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, they, they I, I try to keep things you know in perspective, and I tried to let the, 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 their story be their story. You know, I mean, uh, it was pretty easy to do. My my wife keeps everything you know pretty pretty humble around here you know we we the kids were able to live their own lives and in some ways that's kind of a blessing you know i was able to enjoy really 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 fun times playing baseball both amateur and professionally and and the timing was just such that i you know i was transitioned into being a father soon after all that was over so um it really wasn't that much of a presence in our lives, believe it or not. You know, you just uh, used the word selfish to describe kind of those ball player thoughts. You're, you know, anybody who has their profession and they're trying to balance it with, with, uh, with family. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you're, you're clearly a family guy, always have been. Uh, while you were playing, kids idolizing you from the word go, not just as a ball player, but also because uh, of the uniqueness of your, your situation. Uh, I, I'm sure you viewed this, what we all know about, you know, professional sports life. You've got teammates probably running around, you know, acting like uh, ball players. <laughs> did, right. did, did you did you ever have a moment when you just wanted to kind of cut loose and be one of the guys or or did you did you feel like you were? Oh, absolutely. I, I had asked my teammate. I had no trouble cutting loose. I wasn't, you know, I, 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 I um. I definitely had my a ton of fun playing. I, I, de I didn't, you know, I, I played and I enjoyed playing and I wanted to be a great player. And I, I you know, I always felt like um, if I was going to be a role model, if, you know, if people were going to take something out of my play, particularly kids born in the same way that I was born, missing a hand or part of an arm or um, then then making it was really great. You know, making it to the big leagues was, was a great example. Um, but staying there was a really great example too. And being good, you know, the message that, you know, you're not just included, but you're participating. You're, you're, you are, you know, a, a contributor, you know, you're a, a teammate that's counted on. So, um, I guess that's what I mean by selfishness. You know, there, 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 there does take a little bit of, of, uh, 
you know, isolation in that pursuit. You know, I'm going after this with my whole heart and I have to put some things, uh, you know, on the back burner in order that for that to happen. And, and if the other benefits come along, that's fantastic. But for now, I have to be the best I can be. You mentioned growing up in Flint. Your uh, your girls grow up in uh, Corona Del Mar and and Orange County. Uh, how how is their experience different than yours? <laughs> well, Corona Del Mar is a long way from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> and and um, you know we're very blessed to live out here in this fantastic weather and and in such a nice community. And they were able to go to nice schools and. Um, and have a lot more probably materially than I had growing up. But um, the principles are the same. You know, I, I think my parents, um, you know, really struggled. They had me very early in life and had to sacrifice a lot of their own dreams uh, in order to start a family. And, and um, But I like to think that the principles that we had in our home were the same that I grew up with. You know, family came first. Uh, respect and, and appreciation and no matter what you have at your disposal if, if you can carry those attributes along with you I don't worry too much about it if there's appreciation if there's respect if there's you know a worldview of understanding that there's a lot of people in the world that would trade places with you in a heartbeat and and um, even growing up where I grew up in Flint Michigan I understand you know I, I felt that so um, We've tried to instill that in our girls. I, I hope that they will carry it with them. Hmm. Uh, you know, kids always think things are, are hard, right? There's uh, there's whining, and they want more gifts, and they want more dessert, and all of those things. How How is it possible, though, that, that your kids would do that, right? I mean, how, how can anybody whine around you, Jim? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, it. I always wondered how my kids would view me, um, truthfully. Um I, I don't know exactly how they how they did, you know, whether they viewed me as I, I would bet that they probably saw me having a pretty good life, you know, that, that things weren't all that bad, that there's a lot of people in this world who have it a thousand times worse than I do. Um you know, but I think they saw the interactions that I had um with other kids and families throughout, you know, they're growing up, you know, we always tried to help out with different things. I've been a coach for Challenger Division Little League. Uh, the girls have come out and helped me with that. Um, you know, so I, I think those lessons were, if not always, you know, they, they, sometimes I just let them, let the experience come to them a little bit and, 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 and let them observe and let them kind of come to terms with things. And, um, you know, one of my favorite stories is my, my youngest daughter. I went to one of her classes uh, when she was in preschool, and it was career day. <laughs> and <laughs> and they invite, you know, they were inviting the dads to come in and speak about their career and, and all that. And I was retired at the time, so it was uh, – I had to dream up, you know, some baseball stories and try to relate my story. And, and I'm sure it was odd for a bunch of preschool kids to look at me and, and you know, my hand and – you know, the way I was doing things as being a major league player. Um, and near the end of the, the uh, you know, presentation, I don't know that I had any impact on the kids at all. <laughs> but my own daughter, you know, Ella, she asked me if, if, if I liked my little hand. And, huh. you know, right there with her classmates and, 
uh, with her teachers and in the classroom and, you know, did I like my little hand? And, um, you know, I, it was such a poignant question and it really, she probably had been thinking about that the whole time, you know, while I was up there in front of her friends and classmates and, um, and ultimately my answer to her was, yes, you know, I, I like my little hand and I, you know, I haven't always liked it. It hasn't always been easy, but you know, it's really who I am and it's taken me to places, you know, I wouldn't have gone without it. And, and it's given me a belief that, you know, a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of adversity can push us further than we ever believed we could go. And, um, but that question has stuck with me, you know, to, to this day, she's now 17 years old. And, and I still think about, you know, do I like my little hand and how did I make, <laughs> how did I come to terms with it? And, um, you know, so those are the funny things that happen along the way with your kids and, and hopefully they've picked up on those, those types of lessons. I, I wonder, Jim, how you answer this. In fact, this is something I'm, I I want to know from you so that I know how to answer it at, at my house when my kids say it. Uh, when a kid says, dad, uh, I can't do it. Well, what, what do you say? Well, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I just don't believe it. I, I, you know, it's very hard. I don't really buy into the word can't, um, you know, first of all, I like to, I like to start with creativity. You know, when you say you can't, is that, are you saying you just can't do it that particular way? Is there a different way that we could go about it? You know, can we, can we think about this in a creative way? And, and, um, that's the, that's the spirit that, that, that I had growing up, you know, because of the people around me, uh, whether it was teachers <clears throat> who helped me to tie my shoes or, you know, I couldn't tie shoes like all the other second graders. I had to tie it a little bit differently and, and I had to hold the laces still with my right hand without the use of any fingers and, and just, you know, the lay, the loops of the laces, uh, all that happened because a second grade teacher, you know, thought of a little bit different way to do it. And, and, you know, whether it was flipping the glove on and off of my left hand or holding the bat, you know, with, with two hands on the bat, but wrapping my left hand around the bottom and, and kind of embracing my right hand with it, you know, all those were just little different ways of doing things. So the first thing I think of when someone says I can't, it's, it's like, well, they just can't do it that particular way that they are with that particular approach. Let's look at things a little differently. And, and I, more often than not, there's an answer in there somewhere. Mm, I like that. I'm going to use that. Uh, that's the, <laughs> that's good. All right. Continuing with Jim Abbott, let's get to some of the uh, kind of relevant sports thoughts of today. I would love to hear uh, your, your perspective on some of these things. What, what's different about being a Yankee? you know, versus anything else? Like, what's Aaron Judge's world like right now? <laughs> uh, I can't even imagine. I saw him at the University of Michigan football Ohio State game the other day, and I was sitting on the sideline, and I was thinking what a whirlwind of experiences he must be going through. Um, being a Yankee is just completely different. I, you know, I started with the Angels out here. Uh, you know, after the games, there'd be a – and this is a, a big market. This is a, There's a lot of people here, and, <laughs> right. and – uh, you know, there'd be a couple cameras and a couple newspaper people to talk to. And, and New York, it's you know, you come after a game uh, to the locker room, it the place is packed. You know, there's 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 tenfold cameras and newspapers and coverage and 
hangers on and celebrities and people walking around and in the scrutiny and in the the it's a it's a I think somebody said it was a it's a hyper existence to play for the New York Yankees and and I totally agree with that it's just a it's just a different animal um you know you getting to and from the ballpark whether you live out in the suburbs or uh, whether you live in the city you know all of that stuff is is just a little bit more of a challenge and you know going out you're recognized you know the 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 importance of the the Yankees to New York and uh, you know the recognition that you receive uh, just walking down the street is 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 unbelievable. It's it's really kind of crazy, and and um, so it's it's way different. It's just way different than any other experience that I ever had playing baseball. I've been impressed by a lot of the pitchers of today, Jim, uh, in the way they're dealing with the fact that something's going on with the way the ball is flying. I don't know, you know, wound tight. Who who knows what it is, but something's clearly going on. What's what's your read? Well, I think you have to believe the pitchers when more and more of them are saying that the ball is different, you know, particularly in the postseason. Something seemed, you know, off. Uh, <laughs> right, right. And, and you're, you know, you have veteran guys who've been around a long time, you know, I don't think are, you know, a Verlander, uh, a Kershaw, these guys aren't excuse makers. You know, there, there was something different. And um, I don't know how to trace the trace that back through the entire season i haven't actually held one of the balls in my hand but um you know the amount of home runs and 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 what's going on in the game is is uh is definitely exciting it made for one of the best postseasons (laughs) i've ever seen it kept us all up till all hours of the night but uh there's definitely something going on if if every pitcher is saying the same thing uh, you, you know that that there's something different. All right, so if you could make one change to baseball right now, what would it be? I would like to see the game be a little bit shorter. I, I, I'm a traditionalist. I don't want to see, you know, I don't know how to do that. I, I'm just going to, you know, throw the idea out there. But um, I think the game bogs down a little bit in the later innings. Uh, with all the pitching specialization, you know, you, you have all the pitching changes and uh, guys, you know, who specialize in the sixth inning or specialize in the seventh inning and the eighth inning. I would love to see starters go a little bit deeper into the game. Uh, you know, not so many pitching changes and, and uh, not such an emphasis on velocity. Uh, I know that that's never going to happen. I know there's probably a lot of <laughs> modern day baseball player who are laughing at this old timer, you know, saying those things, but that it, to me, the game is a little bit tough to watch when, you know, you're changing pitchers so much and the emphasis is on velocity and there's so many three, two counts and, uh, you know, the innings are long and, and, and I think it needs to, to be a quicker game. Uh, Jim, you clearly made a, a very nice living. I look at salaries now, and uh, I've always said, listen, uh, I can't judge because I haven't walked in those uh, financial shoes, at least not yet, Jim, not yet. Uh, but, you know, it, it makes me laugh when, you know, either the players themselves or even people who are viewing these numbers, you know, they'll talk about $250 million versus $300 million dollars. And I'm thinking, like, what's the difference there, right? Like, what, what is right. it? What is it you can't do with 250, right? I mean, do do you, so. I wanted to ask someone who was a, a, a professional athlete. I mean, do you see it that way too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. You, you, you some of this, some, it's just silly money, right? Right. <laughs> it's just, 
uh, you know, some of the things. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, who would have thought? I, I, I never. I said I would never, ever be envious of what somebody made because I'm sure there were people before me who were probably envious of what I made. So, uh, but it is, I mean, when you start talking hundreds of millions of dollars and, and you think about the scope of that and, um, you know, very successful doctors, lawyers, CEOs, you know, <laughs> are, you know, pale in comparison to what a, a second baseman makes, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, but, um, it is what it is. You know, I hope that there's some, some, humility and gratitude that goes along with that and yes. and that the game you know and the players don't isolate themselves uh from the world because of the richness jim weigh in on this real quick too uh otani is coming over to play here hunter green was one of these guys that drafted real early in the draft this year both guys they want to play both ways they want to pitch and be position players uh, you have the analytics age, which might say, eh, we don't like that idea. What do you think? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I, th- I think, you know, this Hunter Green, he sounds like an amazing athlete, amazing player. I- I'd love to see it. I mean, it would be great if you could, you know, have someone who could go both ways. Um, pitching is, is I-, I can't speak to, you know, Japanese baseball, but um, pitching at the major league level is is so intensive, and the preparation that goes into it, um, I, I would think it would be very difficult to be a, a position player and then to go in and pitch. You know, and just it, it, it's you know the routines are are so paramount to success, and you know whether you're a reliever or you're a starter. Um, I think that would be an incredible challenge to to be a successful pitcher without the benefit of going through the, you know, preparatory routines that that most pitchers go through in order to be successful. Jim, absolutely a great treat to have you on the podcast. Great job, great stuff, great stories. Thank you so so much. My pleasure, Mark. My pleasure. I'm. Uh, I think it's a great project, and I can't wait to follow along. Jim, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you.